I hope you found the information regarding raising teenagers in the last episode helpful and beneficial. And I have more nuggets of wisdom to share in today's episode. If only I knew what I knew now, the teenage years in my home would have been so much more enjoyable. We all know that parenting is hard work and life can get busy. We've done the research to help you. So let's dig deep with Leanne Mancini and work together to help you raise strong Christian kids. It's natural that there will come a point in time when the teen tries to play one parent against the other. My kids did this. My daughter would ask me if she could go to the mall with her friends, and if I said no, she'd run to her dad, and he would say yes, until he caught on, and then he would say, go ask your mother, because he knew I wasn't happy that I would say no and that he would say yes. It's so important that parents stick together, setting boundaries and adhering to the proper consequences when those boundaries are broken. You know, as parents, we don't always agree on the small issues, but we really need to be united in the big issues. Split parenting can cause irreversible damage to a child, making them become an adult who is not solidified in their feelings or their ideas. If one parent is very loving and caring and the other parent is like a military drill sergeant, this can cause emotional problems for your child. Who wants a drill sergeant for a father or a mother? You know, my friend Shirley grew up in a home where her father, who was ex-military, he would make all five kids line up in the morning and he would do an inspection on them. Did you brush your teeth? Was your hair brushed? Did you wash your face? Were your clothes on properly? Did you look presentable? Wow, I can't even imagine starting my day off like that. And this was every single day in her home. And if they made a mistake, there was no second chances or even warnings. They were punished right away. I think it's best that parents sit down and come to a mutual agreement on how they will raise the children. This will make life so much easier for everyone. One day, my husband called me into the office with my daughter, and he sat us down, and he started to talk to both of us as if I was a child because my daughter and I had an argument. So he was like trying to be the referee between two children. And I nicely got up and walked out of the office. And I told him later, I said, look, I'm not the child. I'm the parent, just like you're the parent. We need to be on the same page. There's a term also called triangulation. The term comes from the Latin word triangulus meaning three-cornered or having three angles. And this is where parents will try to pull their teen or their child into an argument they're having and ask the teen to pick one side or the other. I'm sure you felt this way when you have two friends arguing and they're asking you to pick sides. It's not fun. You don't want to be the one that has to pick a side and you don't want someone to be angry with you. Playing on the affections of the teenager at the cost of one parent being right and proving the other parent wrong, it's just not fair to the child. It's like the child has become the parent and is trying to break up some sibling rivalry. This is also parentification. And in episode 146, I dig deeper into the examples and the problems of parentification. You know, mothers mostly take on the role of parenting, especially when the father is working many hours. But it's so important that everyone in the family remembers who is the head of the home. God's word tells us the husband and the father is to rule, and he's to rule in love, firmness, and fairly. 
And if your spouse is too strict, don't give in to the temptation of being too lenient. As best as you can, integrate your parenting style with your spouse and always get professional help if you both cannot agree on the important issues. In my home, I was the disciplinarian and my husband was, well, to put it nicely, not the disciplinarian. He was kind of a pushover. Do you experience this in your home? How do you think it makes your child feel and how does it feed into the character formation of your kid? Maybe they learn how to become manipulative. When teens don't experience connection and consistency, they have a hard time developing self-control and responsibility. There needs to be a balance between love, consistency, responsibility, and dependability, right? Don't you think so? And this is first modeled by the parents. Were your parents consistent, responsible, and dependable? If not, how did it make you feel? Don't make the mistake of thinking, well, she's almost an adult. I've done everything I could. She knows between right and wrong. Because most teens I know still test the waters and take unreasonable chances. You know, after all, they think they're invincible. To bring in the science behind that, we have to understand that their prefrontal cortex, that's the area that helps them make wise decisions, it doesn't fully develop until around the age of 25. They are very capable of making, yes, I'm going to say this word, stupid decisions. Can you recall your teenage years? Did you make stupid decisions? I know I did. Your teen still needs you. He needs you to be the voice of reason. He needs bonding time with you and know that you still care of and love him. And even when he makes bad choices or decisions, you're always going to be there to support him and to guide him and to direct him. My mother was my security net. She was strict but loving, but I trusted her completely, even when I didn't understand or agree with her. And we want that for our kids, don't we? We want them to trust us when they don't agree with us. Let's talk just briefly about single parenting. I was raised by a wonderful, godly mother. Although I did feel left out when I saw other kids with their dads, I never felt at any time that I didn't have what I needed. My mother did a great job loving me, leading me to Jesus, and providing for all my needs. Perhaps as a single parent, you find yourself overcompensating because of a guilt feeling that you have because your child only has one parent. And so maybe you try to rescue them from any problematic circumstance they find themselves in. You jump in and take over. You know, this could be detrimental to their ability to become self-sufficient and also to become critical thinkers. Or maybe you're a parent who overindulges your teen with gifts. This is also detrimental because you don't want them to become manipulative, knowing that they can get what they want by taking advantage of the situation, knowing you'll buy whatever they want, perhaps out of guilt. Later in life, they may become narcissists that believe the world revolves around them and their desires. You know, if you notice your child comes home after being with your ex and there is a change in their behavior and it's not for the better, sit down and ask them to explain why they are acting that way or why they're speaking disrespectfully to you. Or if they're withdrawn, ask them what is causing them to feel this way. It's important not to let it go thinking, oh, it's probably nothing. They're just a teenager. Don't wait for them to come to you. There may be something serious. There may be a serious situation that you need to be aware of. And maybe they're just waiting for you to ask. 
Or maybe your ex is talking about you disrespectfully, and this is influencing your teen. And they come home with an attitude, and they talk to you disrespectfully. Again, explain that it's not acceptable, and there's consequences for acting or speaking disrespectfully to you. God says to honor your father and mother, and with that comes additional blessings of living a long life. If possible, ask your ex not to influence your child with their negative thoughts regarding you and assure them that you will not do that either. Most importantly, pray for your teen and pray with your teen. My dear friends Pam Farrell and Peggy Sue Wells wrote an informative book for single moms titled The 10 Best Decisions a Single Mom Can Make, a Biblical Guide for Navigating Family Life on Your Own. Maybe you're a step-parent. Step-parenting a teen is not easy and can be very challenging. They need time to trust and to attach to you and to respect you as a step-parent. Laura Petherbridge, who had the privilege to interview on my episode 130, wrote 101 Tips for the Smart Stepmom. She addresses many issues a step-parent will face, and her advice can easily be applied to stepfathers as well. Please know you're not alone in your journey parenting your teen. Get connected with other parents. I said this in the last episode, and it's just so worth repeating again. Especially get connected with the parents your teens are friends with. Communicating between parents can help parents learn how to support each other and how to possibly set up mutual guidelines and rules. We want our teenagers to be able to make morally, biblically, value-based decisions and not peer-driven decisions. Doesn't that sound like music to your ears? To have your kids make biblically-based decisions? When they stay in the Word of God and seek His counsel, it will help them to have biblical values. And when the anti-Christian culture and peer pressure try to persuade them to do otherwise, they will stand strong and firm. Psalm 119.9 states, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. You know, this purity applies to every area in our life. Purity is Jesus Christ. 1 John 3.3 states, All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Jesus is both our example and our reason for purity. I will list several Bible verses in the show notes for you to discuss with your teenager ways that they can have biblical character. They are seeking and desiring autonomy. So help your teen understand that he can leave you without leaving God. Help him foster his own personal relationship with God and make sure it's not dependent upon your relationship with God. That's what we long for, right? And if you have a teen who says, I don't believe in God, I want nothing to do with God, that's your religion, I don't believe in it anymore, don't freak out or panic. Acknowledge what they are saying and express your feelings without being judgmental towards them. Remember, we cannot make them believe in God no matter how hard we want to. We can only lead them to God, and it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict them. Oh, how I pray for parents who are dealing with prodigal children. Just pray, pray, and pray, because the more you push God towards them, the more they're going to push God away. And remember, teens are not young adults. They are teenagers, and they often act like toddlers. They want independence. They will do what you tell them not to do, right? And they will throw tantrums when they don't get their way. God created your teen to have a relationship with him and a longing for him. 
We just need to teach, support, and encourage through our words, actions, and our deeds. Enjoy this season of life. It may not be easy. Most parents will tell you, I'm glad the teenage years are over. But one day you will remember more of the good times than the stressful times. And this is how we can all work together to raise strong Christian teens. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.